This is the Holding Out to Learning LLC production. Hit it! The ideas expressed on this show are not the views of their employer. Besides, if you really want to take advice from this guy, well, you should probably do it at your own risk. You better turn right back around because here comes the short bob dude from the Parents Recharge Show. What is going on, fellow parents? Thank you for checking out the Parents Recharge Show. In this episode, we're going to dive into what on earth does supports for kids at school mean? You might have heard that terminology thrown around a lot, and it is tossed around a lot. And we're going to dive into you, tell you all about it, what it is, and why it's needed. But first, let me do a little bit of housekeeping with you. I want to welcome you, and thank you for listening. And if you're new, let me just share with you, we plan on dropping a new episode every other Thursday. And most of the time, it's short, hopefully meaningful little podcasts this season about giving you information that's going to help you as a parent having kids in school. However, once in a while, like the very first episode of this new season, we will have a guest because I do have another podcast and sometimes I bring on a guest to that podcast, which is what we do just about all the time for educators, and it resonates well or I feel like it resonates well with both educators and parents, and sometimes I'll do a dual cast and I'll pump that out onto this podcast as well. But the vast majority of the time, you get me talking about some of the things that I think parents probably need to know, especially things about school, because I feel like a lot of times parents just don't have a good foundation on what's happening in our schools, and it's not your fault. There's a lot of things that you wouldn't know that happen in school systems, and a variety of terminology that's tossed around within our school systems that just makes it all very confusing. So one of my biggest passions in life is to try to help parents understand some of these things that happen in schools, and I try to help educators understand how we need to help parents understand some of these things that are happening in schools. A lot of times educators get caught up in their jargon and maybe forget that you as a parent don't live in the education world all the time, but it's absolutely in the best benefit of your child if we're all working together. And so that's why one of the things I really hit on often is the importance of trying to get everybody information. And that's what we're doing here this season, giving you some information that will help you help your kid as they're working through school. And you may have some specific ideas that you say, huh, I'd like to know more about this. Well, I am all ears. Please feel free to hit me up. You can get me at, at Recharge Family. I'm on all the socials. And you can also send me an email, rechargecommunity at gmail.com. If there's something specific you want to find out about or just questions in general about certain things that are happening in school, hit me up. Let me know. That's something we can address this season. So if you are new to the show, let me just share a quick snippet about who on earth I am. So you can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes that we have, but I'll just give you a little snippet right now. I've been working for 25 years now helping kids with needs, and that's a variety of different things, special education students, kids with 504 plans, just kids who may be in the general education environment but just need a little bit of extra help, and that's my main focus and what I do in my day gig, too, as a resource leader. However, I'm also a proud dad who has three kids with their own unique needs. 
And that is what sent me down this pathway many years ago when my son, who's now 16, he was eight and was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And we had to sit on the other side of the table at some formalized meetings. And I just remember the shock that my poor wife went through as somebody who, yes, I'd prepped her ahead of time about that meeting and prepped her about some of the things that we might talk about, but just the shock of she just didn't have all the knowledge of what was happening. And that's when it hit me. Like, if she doesn't know, there's really a lot of parents. There's got to be a ton of parents who are struggling with what on earth is happening in our schools. It'd be impossible for you to know. So I really come at this from both sides. Someone as an educator who for 20 years, I was an elementary school teacher. And then for the last five years or so as a resource leader, I've really focused on helping kids with needs. And then I also, in the last 16 years, have been helping my own kids as they have a wide variety of needs. As I said, my son with type 1 diabetes, we have ADHD in our family, myself included, and a variety of other unique needs that we have. Just like you all have unique needs in your family, every child has some things that they need to work on, and that's okay. Just like every child has amazing strengths that can help propel them to reach their potential. So that's a little bit about me. Like I said, if you want to find out more, you can go back and listen to previous episodes. I kind of dive deeper into the, our family story and things like that. I will pause for a second here and say, you know, this is the usual hey, please make sure you rate, subscribe, and so forth for podcasts. And that's all great, and I appreciate that. But what it would really be helpful, I've found that working in the podcasting space for quite a few years now, is when you tell your friends, and your friends tell their friends, and you just spread the word. Hey, I stumbled on this podcast, and I find it's really beneficial. That's pretty helpful. So if you find any value in this episode or any of the previous episodes or any of the episodes we're going to have coming up this season, please tell a friend. Let them know. Tip them off too because it might be something valuable that they'd like to find out. And last but not least, I want to apologize for an extremely long summer break, which I know was an amazingly long time, but it was highly beneficial as one of the things I did in the education space this summer was put together over 50 workshops for educators. And I didn't create them all myself, but I organized it all because I've been very fortunate to build a network of a variety of educational leaders across the globe. And they were all willing to provide amazing workshops. And that was one of the main focuses that I had this summer. And it turned out awesome. And that is something I'm looking at doing for you all as well, heading into the new year leaning on these network of amazing educational leaders to help parents build a bigger knowledge base of the things that are happening in schools, things that we feel like maybe would be beneficial for you to know about. I'm looking ahead, maybe February, I've yet to finalize all the details, and I would love to be able to have at least 50, if not more workshops that are small, quick, powerful, just lessons that will help you build your knowledge base. And my hope is to be able to give you that for free. So that's going to need to be sponsor-driven. So if you happen to know any businesses, maybe you're involved with a business or you know any businesses that have any connections, hook them up with us, please, because that's how we're going to keep this free of charge heading into the new year. At least that's my goal anyway. So enough about all the housekeeping stuff. Let's get into this episode. It's time to get recharged, people. 
So we hear this terminology, support, all the time. Kids need support. Kids are getting support. But what does that really mean in the school system? That's a pretty broad term, right? And I think that's probably the key piece. Like, it dives into a lot of different things when we say, so-and-so is getting certain supports. Because really, what that means is help. And everybody needs help. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody in life has everything figured out, which means we all need some help. Lord knows I need plenty. A quick example might be, you go to the gym. Something we would find support would be, you know, I'm lifting weights and I'm doing bench presses. I probably need a spotter. That would be support. Or maybe just somebody who helps me and guides me through what on earth do I do on this thing that's got all these bells and whistles on it and I have no idea what I'm doing with it. So maybe there's somebody there who coaches me up. That is one layer of support. Really, support means helping. And what we know is kids need more help now than maybe ever before. You know why? These are really challenging times. And it's not surprising. Look around. Adults need more help than ever before. (laughs) We have a wide variety of adults living in the world. Some of them seem to go through life in seamless fashion, maybe quietly. And others roll through life like bulls in china shops, extremely loudly. And there's plenty of people in between. And you know what? It doesn't matter who you are. You all need help with certain things at some point. And so it's not surprising that our kids need help because our adults in life need more help than ever before. So what does that mean? Well, it means a wide variety of things. When kids go to school, it doesn't matter if they're preschool, doesn't matter if they're 12th grade. Our kids in school need a wide variety of help. It might be mental health support. It could be work on social skills. It might be related services, like they need speech, uh, speech and language therapy services or occupational therapy services. Obviously, academic help, because so many kids, really all kids at some point, need some academic help. Behavior support is a big thing. A lot of kids need some extra behavior support. And we could even dive it into the, the, the arts and music and any part of the art world or essential art classes. Athletics would fall into this department too. It is the educator's job to reach the whole child, which means it is extremely difficult. I often say being an educator is one of the hardest jobs that's out there. You know what else I say? Being a parent is one of the hardest jobs that is out there. And both statements are absolutely true because we're all working to develop the whole child. And so I want you to imagine this. You're working to develop your whole child, all the things that they're doing in their life. You're trying to build them up and get them to be the best human they can be and be the most productive person they can be. Well, guess what? Educators are doing the same thing, but not just for your child, for all the other kids that they're working for too. So we all work to develop the whole child, which is extremely difficult. One of the main pieces that educators will always talk about when they say, you know, working with the whole child, it level one, level one of anything is relationship building. And this isn't just in education. This is just good qualities of leadership, to be honest with you. Kids respond better to those who make connections with them. I'll be straight with you. In case you don't know, if you're new, I did not do well in school. I was 
not the best behaved child in elementary school as somebody with undiagnosed ADHD. It wasn't horrible, but I like to make people laugh. But I wasn't really highly motivated and didn't really think school was, re- was all that important to me in my brain. But there were some teachers who I know I worked harder for. And you know why? They made a connection with me. They took time to get to know me. There's a real reason why so many educators will say level one with just about anything we do in school is building a relationship. And I've seen it time and time again. And I often tell educators who work with kids with behavior challenges that if you don't build relationships, good luck connecting with that kid. A friend of mine who works in the mental health industry said to me once, you know, on the athletic field, because I used to be a coach, I coached at the high school level um, soccer for many years. He used to tell me, you know, you could coach those players pretty hard from the jump, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much. It's not, I was never really like a big yeller or anything, but I could be like, but I used to be able to say things like, you know, you're going to do this, but if not, you're going to give me any gripe, you're going to run a lap, things like that. You could coach them hard right from the jump. You know why? They either wanted to make the team or they wanted more playing time or they were highly interested in it. You know, in many cases, they just love the sport. When we talk about some kids with behavior challenges, they may not be highly motivated. And I can't just start coaching them hard from day one until I build up trust. And at that point, they're more willing to step out and do more things and be more motivated. So that's just one example of why we need to build relationships with kids. So in the education space, we build we try to build up the whole child and it is so incredibly tough. So let's get back and kind of talk a little bit about what supports really means in a deeper fashion, kind of like go down a rabbit hole with it. So academics, for example, every kid needs help. Whether you have a diagnosed need or whether you don't, every kid needs help. Even the valedictorian of the high school at some point in their career has needed somebody to help them. That is a level of support. However, when kids have more and more needs, they need more and more support. One of the main things that I do in my job is I'm in charge of intervention curriculum for kids with needs, and I work to bring in like specific programs to help them. And what I know by because of all my years working with kids with needs is that I can bring in a curriculum and give it to them, but that in itself isn't going to move the needle. Yes, certain curriculums are better than others. That's absolutely true. However, the person or the people implementing it is going to make the difference. How much are they willing to step out and help an individual child? How much are they willing to understand this group of students will not work as effectively with what's written in this book? I need to tweak this lesson a little bit. All those things, individualizing tailor-making things to meet all the needs in the classroom, whether it be your highest achievers or your kids who need more support. They're all going to need help in some ways. One thing we've learned coming off the pandemic is we have a lot of kids who need some extra layers of behavior support. It used to be, in general, kids who had individualized education plans, kids with identified disabilities would be your kids who had more behavioral needs. But now, coming out of the pandemic, it has been much, much broader. We've had a lot more kids who have who are less motivated or have struggles with not being on task or are easily frustrated or have anger challenges. And again, look around at society as adults. It's not hard to imagine why we have kids with these challenges. We have adults with these challenges. So what do we do? What do we do to support these kids? Well, we ramp up the build-up process. We encourage them. 
We praise them. We reinforce them. And yes, reinforcement can look a lot of different ways. And some people are like, you know, I can't believe you're giving out things to kids just to do what they're supposed to do. Well, I'm guaranteeing you get reinforced in your job every week. Or maybe it comes in every other week. It's called a paycheck. Kids don't get paid to go to school. But you know what we can do? We can give them something for making good choices. I often have people tell me, well, that you know, reinforcement, giving out stickers or giving out candy, that's for elementary school. Yeah, okay. You know what? I worked with some high schoolers this last week. You know what they liked? Candy. <laughs> it is possible to reinforce high schoolers too. I'll be honest with you. I'm an adult. If my boss said, hey, if you do this, I'm going to give you this, and I'm not going to thumb my nose up at it, I'll be like, yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Those extra perks are something small that keeps you moving forward. But it's not the only thing. I often tell people, as far as like behavior support, you got to have praise, encouragement, but you also have to have, and those are forms of reinforcement, by the way, but you also have to have expectations and you have to have boundaries because if you don't have boundaries, you know, kids are just going to keep pushing the limits. So you have to have boundaries. When kids can't meet those expectations, there has to be some kind of consequence. And then there's another layer of, layer of support. What do we do to rebuild them back up? Because you know what? They're humans. They make mistakes. Lord knows I've made plenty in my life. What you do then, instead of throwing mental darts at them, is forgive and rebuild. Forgive and rebuild. And that's a layer of support. Talking with them. Teaching them. All right. Yep. This wasn't a good choice, but this is how we're going to do it. Do it better from now on. And here's a better option if, we're conf- if you're confronted with this specific thing. I'll close on this example. Mental health is a huge piece of support. And we're lucky now that we have a boom in the mental health industry because there's such need that we have more layers of support. We don't have enough mental health positions available, but we do have more than we've ever had. And there's a, there's a huge level of need for kids in schools. That's why we have extra guidance counselors. In some cases, school districts will team up with outside agencies, bring in therapists and therapeutic services within the school systems, which I think is awesome. We have psychologists who help with the evaluations, and we have staff who are with kids every single day who have better training in mental health. I'm talking about paraprofessionals and teachers, principals who are there for the one-on-one every single day, who've had more training in things like trauma and understanding how the brain works and understanding how kids react. All of those pieces are huge, important parts of support. And remember, the end goal of support is individualizing it, helping your individual child. Now, be realistic because there are plenty of other kids in a school besides just your child. But a level of support is built within a school system to help your kid. And that's what supporting is. It's helping. I could spend hours and hours on this episode diving into all the little details of how school systems work to support your kids. But I've given you just a couple quick examples. Academic, behavioral, mental health. But the list goes on and on and on. Support on the athletic fields. Think about all the coaching that happens. Support for a kid who's in the band, whether it's 5th grade or 11th grade. They need some extra help, maybe to hit a certain note. Or they need some extra help to stay in line when they're marching. It's just help. We don't need to make... Sometimes people think of the word, as, word support as 
almost like it's a bad word, but it's just help. And the more we can help each other, the better off we are as a society. And the more we help kids in schools, the better off our kids will be. That's not rocket science. It's just how it is. And that's why we in school systems always work to try to teach and work with the whole child and hit them on an individual basis with personal connections and figure out how they best learn, how they best react, and what do they need to be successful on an individual basis. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. Again, I love feedback, so hit me up at Recharge Family or shoot me an email, rechargecommunity at gmail.com, and I look forward to chatting with you again on the next episode. Have a great one. See you soon. Matter of fact, the only thing I do know is that most of the time I don't know. Dad, you're super cringy. Is your 9 or 10-year-old already starting to fill out their application for Harvard, Yale, or Oxford? Parenting is just flat-out messy sometimes. If you happen to like this stuff from the short bald dude, new episodes drop every other Thursday. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you think he's halfway decent, you can also rate and review. You can also send him some feedback too if you email him at researchcommunity at gmail.com. You can share ideas on future topics or just yell at him for his horrible sense of humor. We do it all the time. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'd like to give a shout out to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music. You can check out his information in the show notes below.